Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you're at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you for joining us today for Hope Along the Journey podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Cravens, your podcast host, and it's a joy to have you with us today. And it's especially a joy to have here in the studio with me my good friend, David Hartkoff Sr., all the way from Berkeley, Michigan. David, it's good to have you today. Mark, it's good to be here. Thank you so much for the invite. Um, looking forward to it. It's a little bit out of my uh, comfort zone, yeah. but uh, I hope somebody will find the hope along the journey from this podcast. And I do too, and I hope and pray that your testimony that you're going to share in just a few moments is indeed going to be an, an encouraging and inspiring testimony. Before we get there, though, I just want to tell, tell people a little insight about David here. Uh, one of the things that, that he and I both love to do is to smoke meat. Yes, we do. I, I would have given, <laughs> Doc, I would have given anything if we could have had uh, something recording our, our comments and our discussion because this room was electrified. <laughs> Well, we were talking about smoking turkey, and you were talking about jerky and pork and sausage, and t you were a butcher for how many years did you were you? I did worked you in that meat? business for thirty some years. Yeah. Wow. Fifteen years old, I started in the meat industry. Started out as a cleanup, uh, you know, individual, and yeah, gradually worked myself up, got an apprenticeship, and then uh, put me in management. And wow. Yeah, it was it was it was a good living back then. Yeah, you and but I are the, going to start swapping some recipes. Yeah. <laughs> we are. We're going to. Yeah, we got to learn from each other. Yeah, because you have really. You, I'm going to go home and smoke some meat right now. In fact, I told I told I told David. I said, you know what? We need to just do a podcast on smoking meat. That's what we ought to do. I'd now. feel more comfortable. Yeah, with that. We, we might even video that. Yeah. You know, but we're here to talk about hope along the journey. That's what we're here to talk about today. So, David, I want you to share your story, and I want you to just kind of begin talk a little bit about your early childhood, days of youth, give the, the listeners a, a feel for uh, the background of who you are and, and where you come from. Okay, Mark. Yeah, um, I was raised in a great Christian home. Uh, my father was a minister, mm -hmm. um, wasn't a stranger to church by no means. Mm -hmm. um, like I say, good upbringing, didn't come from what you would call a dysfunctional family, right. uh, a loving family, uh, no complaints there. At an early age, one of the things Dad did uh, really invest us, invest in us, besides mm -hmm. that of a Christ-centered life, was a work ethic. Mm -hmm. My dad was extremely, maybe I want to, I don't want to say the wrong word here, but militant as far as you were going to obey. Yes. It was yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. <laughs> so we we had a great upbringing. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I had a dad like that too, yeah. yeah. Which I'm very thankful for today, me, but me, I wasn't at the time. Me either, yeah. And, and I, I really was. Uh, yeah, at the time, I thought I was uh, getting maybe a little mistreated, but not really. <laughs> Great dad. Um, as I got in the teenage years, I ended up working for mm -hmm. Hollywood Market at 15 years old. Um, wow. 
I didn't even fill out my own application. In fact, I don't think I've ever filled out an application in my life. I worked there until incredible. I, yeah, yeah until yeah. I retired from there. Mm-hmm. But uh, from there it went on, and uh, I was married uh, at 19 years old. Uh, my uh, high school sweetheart, uh, absolutely. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here with the podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, got married. Uh, me and my brother had uh, some visions of trying to get things together mm-hmm. as far as retirement. Right. We bought into some rental homes, and actually, that that was going well. Mm-hmm. Um, probably too well. And those those were the years I can remember. Let me just back up. At eighteen years old, I I really got a subtle relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. I can I could tell you to this day what I was wearing. It, it, it's actually my senior picture suit that I was in. I can mm-hmm. remember. In fact, it was with uh, Ernie Plemons, uh, great guy, and I got a, I got a good start. Right, right. But I will say this: as I worked at Hollywood for fifty hours a week, mm-hmm. then after that, trying to keep rentals, buying more rentals. I, I begin to drift. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, sure. The devotions weren't there. I was introduced to prescription drug. Naturally, I was hurting, meat cutting all day, mm-hmm. come working right. on the right. uh, rentals at night. I was introduced to a, a, a prescription drug, and I must tell you, I worked extremely well that night. And that's something, wow. Yeah, and yeah, that was yeah. my, really, my innocent yes, i mean I, sure. I, I had told somebody hey man i hurt mm-hmm. they said hey try this it worked and i began to do that and i began to find out where i could buy that uh drug from mm-hmm. and things were going well as far as the outside as right, looking right. at me you would have thought i had the perfect family and i did my wife is an absolute not uh, we i might get into it till later but I, I look back, and that's where the problem began. Mm-hmm. I just started drifting. No longer was I really concerned about church. Did I go to church? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would even say in the midst of all that, I put on a good face. Yeah. I was accepted. I, I did the checklist, if you understand what I mean. Sure, I, I, I get that, right? I, you understand? I mean... On the outside, they said, yeah, Dave's, Dave's a good man mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. comes to church with his family. But back to the drugs, when that didn't begin to work as well, I began to add alcohol to it. I mm-hmm. found out that I could even work longer hours. What, I, excuse me just a moment, but about what age, what time was this that the alcohol kind of was introduced? Do you remember about what point in time that was in your life? I would say I was probably at that age of 30, 28 to 30, David. And this is, I'm not making excuses, but yeah. there's some problem. Um, I have a, it's foggy. Let me just okay. put it that way, okay? okay? But it was but later in life. Wasn't absolutely. Like it was 18, later. 19 year old Absolutely. It was yeah. later in life. And that's when things begin to go awry. Um, I found that I could add just a little bit of alcohol with that, mm-hmm. and I could even work longer. Wow. And then it became of one or two a night, then it started to five, six, chewing them, and then that didn't satisfy, so I started adding liquor instead of just the beer, mm-hmm. and uh, 
my uh, choice of beverage was definitely the Jaeger and uh, Jack Daniels. I constantly had it on me. Mm. Um, when I say that, unfortunately, I'm talking before church, after church, during church. I say that very sadly, but still, yes, I was going to church and maybe at that point, it didn't really matter to me what and what they thought right. at that mm-hmm. point in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they really knew, I don't mm-hmm. think they knew, but I was still going to church. Right. You know, and right. as that began to progress even worse and worse, and then I was introduced to cocaine. I see. Okay. Yeah. And that was my lifesaver, I thought, because mm-hmm. I could do that and I could work. And that was the whole thing. I was functional. Yeah. I didn't want you thinking that right, I'm, right. you know, I was staying home, wasn't working, but I was a functionally, functional alcoholic drug addict. That yeah. was all there was to it because yeah. I continued to work and I continued to work yeah. after work. So, David, you know, just interject this for a moment. You and I were talking before we began. Uh, my father, was also an alcoholic before he became a Christian up until at 45 years of age. But I think a lot of people have this misconception that people who are alcoholics are not functional. Like, you know, the picture of an alcoholic they have is the guy sleeping in, in the under the overpass. Absolutely. And there's truly a lot of people like that, or the guy who can't go to work. But the truth is, in America, there are numbers of people who are what they, we consider functioning functioning alcoholics yes and i find that fascinating so um yeah talk and, a little and, bit, yeah a bit more about it that. Could, and, and back to that that was always my do you understand the, the, raising a good christian home that was always looked down on and that was always my uh look you know the alcoholic was the guy under the bridge yeah and right. uh it's it's just not so mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll get into this a late, little bit later on, Mark, is that I, mean, I ended up going for help. And as I sat there in counseling with AA, mm-hmm. you would be surprised how many doctors I sat with, how many professionals that I did sit with during those meetings. And That's it's something. like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, I'm just a meat cutter. And, you know, hey, these guys got the same problem here, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not a thing that is you know, directed at a class of people. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a broad spectrum that it takes mm-hmm. a hold of. Yeah. So as, as that progressed, um, you understand I get done working and that wasn't enough. So then you start hitting the bar. Yeah. So, you, you know, mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says, sitting at a bar, there's no good outcome of that. Mm-hmm. You meet people that you shouldn't be meet. Now, the affairs come in the yeah. stuff that you know yeah. should not be happening besides the drinking and that right it's just a downward spiral mm-hmm. um i remember uh there's uh, uh incidents have happened that you know people you tried to get out of those situation and i was with a uh, a woman mm-hmm. and trying to get out of that um she decided to take her life so i mean wow. Now I've got this on me, okay? Yes. Mm-hmm. So now I'm really taking the bottle by hand. Mm-hmm. And it has become worse and worse and worse. I got to the point where I could see that 
it was definitely affecting my wife. I mean, I wasn't mm-hmm. coming home. I was sleeping in my van or going to some other's house. And I just said, hey, daddy, why don't you just, you know, get the attorney and let's get this done. Her comment to me was this. I'm not going to make that easy on you. You do it. Well, and I don't mean this sarcastically, but I was too busy drinking. I mm-hmm. did not have time for that. Wow. So it went on for quite a while. And I can remember finally coming home. I was, I was at that time by later in the evening. During the, during the days, you would never know that I was under the influence, mm-hmm. although mm-hmm. I was drinking mm-hmm. heavily, heavily. But as it, as it got worse, the nights got longer. Naturally, uh, the effects finally did yeah. take a hold. And I can remember her finally saying, hey, hey, Dave, I- I'm done. Let's do this. I didn't want it. Mm-hmm. I really did not want it. I was, I was addicted. Mm-hmm. I thought I was a very strong person. I mean, we were brought up that way. Mm-hmm. Kind of like right. pull yourself right. up by the bootstraps, sure. Dave. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we were brought up, I, I, like I say, a great dad that's all that i can say about him but as that continued um she made the statement to me i'll never forget this she goes dave will you get help being sarcastic about it i said sure and mm-hmm. my aunt uh had a counselor good christian counselor mm-hmm. let me add that in a good christian counselor that i was said i would go to i knew in my heart that he was not taking any more clients. So I, I said, yes, I'll, I'll do mm-hmm. it. And to my surprise, my wife said, hey, Dave, I've got your appointment. So I did start seeking professional mm-hmm. counseling. And I'll, I'm, I wanna interject something here too. My dad was a minister. I did go to him. And at that point, there was no sense of hiding anything. Right. He knew, right. okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I laid it out to him, and I, this is the best uh, that he had told me was, Dave, I don't understand you. You need professional help. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a great answer. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think we, we think we can fix somebody's problem, and I think sometimes we can make things worse. That's, so yeah, I, That's great advice because I think you are right. Because I think sometimes, and being a pastor, I speak from a pastor's perspective, that we can have a tendency to, you know, look like somehow we as as pastors can solve some of these issues, but there are times when, yes, they, there's no question that prayer and scripture and and the grace of God. I mean, we can't do it outside of God's grace, but at the same token, there are times when we need professional help, absolutely, and, and we need to call in others. And, and I think that was great advice that your dad gave to you. Yeah, I do too. And, and, and to tell you how tuned this guy was in with me, I, I can remember sitting down with him, Dr. Bruinfield, I'll never forget his name. He looked at me and I began to talk with him. And he looked at me and I said, hey, I need help. Can you please commit me for at least three months? Mm-hmm. And we had talked before that, you know, and I could tell that he was feeling me out. And he says, well, your first opinion of me is probably that I'm a quack or something. I said, well, yeah, you pretty, pretty much got me. I, I was just that kind. I, I didn't want to yeah, be there, but right. I had promised my wife that I right. would go. And he said, no, Dave, 
um, I, I know you're kind. I'm gonna I'm gonna commit you for three months, and then you're gonna probably take a taxi to the bar. I said, probably so, Dr. Broomfield. He said, no. When you're serious, let me know. And he says, this is how you're going to tell me that you're serious. I want you going every day, twice a day, for 90 days to the AA. And that's how I got hooked up with those guys. Mm -hmm. And I, back when I was in there, too, I'm sure maybe it has changed now. I don't know. But it was a absolute, they told you, you weren't doing it by your help, by yourself. You right. needed help. And right. that what they called as a higher price, higher power was Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Not sure they still can say that now, but that's what got me going. Mm -hmm. And I was I was dead serious about it. What was when, it like? Can I I want to ask you this question. Do you remember what that first AA meeting was like? Absolutely. Yeah, tell, I, help me help me get a feel for help us to get a feel for what that felt like for you. It was on the eighth floor of Beaumont Hospital colder i mean the wind's blowing the snow's coming down and i did not want to go mm -hmm. but i told her that i'm making a commitment i'm going i'll never forget about it there was an old gentleman there he was white haired and one lady and myself and it was supposed to be a men's meeting mm -hmm. because they they have men's meeting women's meeting right. and a mixed mm -hmm. meeting mm -hmm. he said hey do you mind if this lady joins us and i said Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. It was just us three. And that's where it began. I told them <laughs> what was I, why right. I was there, right. you know. Right. And as, as I began to go, the gentleman there could tell, which was great on their part too. They said, Dave, you are not going to make it unless you go get medical help. I had the shakes. I couldn't mm -hmm. hardly perform at the meetings. And so I did, and which worked out great my medical mm -hmm. doctor was friends with the counselor he couldn't prescribe they did have to prescribe me uh, medicines to get mm -hmm. off of what i was on my wife would take me because i actually told the doctor at one time hey you guys got me higher now than when i was i said i can't drive it was mm -hmm. hard for me to get uh, deception you know as far as wow. depth deception yes. and so mm -hmm. my wife drove me so I can remember, I'm wanting to get back with God, mm -hmm. but nothing. There was no conviction. There was no, any kind of the, uh, of the convicting Holy Spirit with me. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I wanted to. I would even, you know, say, hey, I, I'm trying. Mm -hmm. I can remember I was still in the middle of that. Back when I was back to church, I finally told my pastor, I said, hey, this is out. I got to get off the board. Okay, mm -hmm. I was on the church board. You were on the You're, church board even absolutely. up to this point. And, yes. Well, that's yes. incredible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that went, and I can remember him. And and here's another thing: I I, I give credit to him. I, he knew me. There was no uh, condemnation. There was no, you know, foreseeing. There was nothing that he just said, Dave. Do you ever want to give your life back to Christ? Mm -hmm. I can remember telling him. I was, in fact, we were at a bank. I had to go to the bank. I was off the board, but I, mm -hmm. I still could sign so he could get into the uh, lockbox. Lockboxes, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I went there, and, he, and I said, Pastor Dan, absolutely, I want to get back. But I said, I'm telling you, and I, I'm not even sure I would recommend saying what I did say, but I'm, I'm going to tell you what I said was, I want to get back, but I'm not going to waste your time nor my time if I don't have the conviction 
and the Holy Spirit doing it. He says, David, I understand that. You need to at least make strides that way. Mm-hmm. And I said, Pastor Dan, I, can, I will tell you this. If there's ever any conviction, mm-hmm. I'll be the first. So to be down at the altar, I can remember, I'm going to back up a little bit here, um, Jim Stroop, which would be my son's father-in-law. Right. Mm-hmm. I was doing some work at my son's house here in Cincinnati, and uh, he come by and he said, "Hey, Dave, hey, I just want you to know I'm praying for you." Mm-hmm. Which you know, I was being played. I appreciate mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. but you understand, there's nothing there. I just there was no conviction there whatsoever. I wanted to, but there's just nothing was there. So I can remember it was a Sunday morning. A lady in the back stood up and testified. And I can't even, Mark, I can't even tell you what she was mm-hmm. testifying about. But I felt the presence of God, the convicting spirit. How beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. walked out, went down to the altar, prayed. I remember getting up, looking at the clock, and it was 20 to 12. Mm-hmm. I got, I cannot remember if my boy had called me that, that Sunday. Mm-hmm. And Jim Stroop had got blessed at church, was worshiping, and he said that he had a, a, a feeling that Dave was going to get saved. He had that uh, feeling. And um, make a long story short, I talked to David or Jim Stroop. I cannot remember that part of it. But it was at around quarter to 12 that he said he had that uh, experience that he felt that I was going to get saved. And that's, to me, the the working in that. And then after I did mm-hmm. get saved and gave my life back to Christ, I found out there was many praying mm-hmm. that. That's beautiful. I yes. did not know. I had a boy fasting. I had a nephew fasting. Mom and dad were praying. Right, um, right. It, it was I, the, the whole how it worked out that God had put different people mm-hmm. in your life. And I, I would say this, just because, you know, you don't see the results right away, that if you if you feel the Spirit speak to you of of praying for somebody, right? Do it. That's right. That's I think right. I think it was a a band of prayers mm-hmm. that finally got through, and that I was able to go down to the altar, have that convicting spirit, and be able to return my life back Praise to Christ. It was an, it's an awful yes. experience. Um, I just like to you know a lot of people. I, I've heard other people's testimony, mm-hmm. and I know God can do it. But I can tell you that it was not an instantaneous, I don't care for alcohol. Mm-hmm. The only reason I say right. that mm-hmm. is because just because you still have that taste mm-hmm. does not mean that you have not been forgiven Amen. and that That's you right. have not That's been right. delivered from alcohol. Mm-hmm. I, I can tell you not so much now. This has been going on, what, 18 18 years, I believe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was times, Mark, 
God be my judge. I would drive by that American Legion, and I felt like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, pulling in there. Yeah, but I did not yield. But I just I, I put that in there just because it is not an instantaneous right deliverance. That's exactly right. God took care of it, and and yeah, I can't I can't tell you that to this day. There's there's sometimes when I go home and it's like wow man bad day, but it's not. As prevalent, Amen. so That's you know wonderful. what I mean. Right, and sure. I, I, I'm delivered. I'm not drinking, but I, I I put that in there just for people that hey right. they still have struggles. Right. And I and I right. whatever the addiction is, mm-hmm. you know whether it be pornography, whether it be alcohol, just because I I, I believe it is the devil mm-hmm. that will bring it into your life and, and try to replay that there's and i guess that's another reason i'm mm-hmm. if for young people that are listening i i you can't there is what maybe a temporary joy out in the world but those things that you do will continue yeah. to rewind in your mind you that's will right. fight them things mm-hmm. and you that is why if if you're listening out there at all keep in the word that's that, so that's where i went wrong yes. i really did when i started off that path of mm-hmm. not a daily walk mm-hmm. not going off mom and dad's salvation mm-hmm. but for dave senior to get his life right with christ and walk in that daily it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not to the swift yes but those who endure Amen. That's great. And that, and you know, David, I, I, I know, I, I, I know people can't see you. I, I see you here mopping the tears. I, I see the brokenness. Um, and I can see that this is so real to you, what you've gone through and life changing for you. And, and I, and the vulnerability that you have allowed yourself to go through and sharing this today, You've said a few things, and we're going we're gonna to wrap this up here in just a moment. You said a few things that have been very important to me. Number one is I think you, you showed the power and the importance of breaking the power of the secret. So the Breaking the power of the secret because there came a point in your time where it was like, okay, I can't just hide this any longer or pretend like this isn't. I've got, I've got to do something. Secondly, you, know, you sought help, and you sought help from people who were professional and people who, you know, there are so many people trying to do it on their own and they're failing. And, and you were, you were big enough and smart enough to be able to, to look for that help. Um, you also normalize this situation for people because I think a lot of people are looking for that instant and thank God for every instant deliverance. Absolutely. I believe in that. Me too. But for some people, it is a process that they go through yes and and for some people they never struggle again and for other people it will just be a matter of learning how to deal with that temptation when it comes in their life right and i want to clear something because mm-hmm. who's listening in the audience i'm not saying that's a struggle every day it's not sure when i first got uh saved yes it was mm-hmm. i'm not going to tell you it mm-hmm. was not an instant deliverance for me but I, I would like to say one more thing before we wrap it up is Yes, the tears are flowing, but something I will not apologize for, and the reason I say that, there was a time in my life there wasn't a chance of any emotions coming out of me. Mm-hmm. I had, I didn't know it at the time, 
but I had a minister tell my pastor that there's no hope for that guy. I don't know who he is, oh but my. there's no hope. Hmm. And and that's not to slam the pastor. I'm not saying or the the evangelist. I'm not. That's not my point. But I'm telling you the 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 deadness in myself mm-hmm. in my heart. Mm-hmm. There's just I could just all off and do things I shouldn't do. I mean, yeah. I just there was no. But God no tears. softened your heart, there, didn't a, he? Amen. Yes, that's he did. I'm, yeah. And nothing by me. It's the grace of God. Amen. If there's anything I do want to, nothing that I've shared has been my own strength, purely the grace of God. Amen. And I and I live that every day. Yes. The grace of Amen. God. Thank you, David, for sharing in today's podcast. I deeply appreciate you sharing your testimony of God's grace. But I want to say to our listeners today, if you're listening and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I want to challenge you today to just give your heart and life to Him. Look to Him in faith and repentance and receive the grace of God in your life, just like David received God's grace in his life. I want to remind you again today, one more time, that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. And if you look to Jesus, you will truly find hope along the journey. God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and would like to know more, follow us on Facebook at Hope Along the Journey or send us an email at hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you join us again for more hope along the journey.